The Clone Wars have ended. Go, 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 go! We went over the plan five times. I got the package, didn't I? We need a pickup. Hang on. Fanboys and Friends presents Back to the Clones. Clones vs. Jupiter. Empire Dawns. This is the top team. The rogue clones on the run from the Empire, huh? Hello. How juicy. The Empire's growing stronger. We should be doing more. You want to really be free? Then pull off this heist and you can have a future. Rumors are more and more clones have been questioning the order. Then they're traitors, like the Jedi. You all gave up everything because of me. We made the right choice, Omega. But there are others out there who need our help. What sort of treachery is this? Stay back! Join your hosts, David Sendon and Kyle Wagner. A new episode of Back to the Clones, Clones vs. Trooper, Empire Dawns, starts right now. We're soldiers. We do what needs to be done. You know what makes us different? We make our own choices. What do you need, Rex? Any chance I could use you for a mission? Again, and welcome to the latest episode of Back to the Clones Clones versus Trooper Empire Dawns. I am your host, David Sendin, and with me, well, it's not Star Wars Resistance, thank God, because uh, we do, do plan to finish it, but it's not Clone Wars either. It's something um, different, I want to say. But your friend and mine, all the way on Dagobah, or, you know, Florida, to be more accurate, Kyle Wagner. Kyle, how's it going, bud? Need more speed. Need more speed! All <laughs> right, Top Gun, slow down. Uh, oh, Maverick would be an improvement. <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying this, considering my feelings with Tom Cruise. But yes, Maverick <laughs> would be a vast improvement. Oh, bad batch, bad batch, bad batch, bad batch, bad batch. Now, 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 to to the episode's credit, I will call out right here, right now, front and center, two fantastic voice additions. My man Ernie Hudson. Oh yeah, and, you can uh, never go wrong with Ernie. No, you can never go wrong with Ernie. He is going to be busy with a little firehouse later this year, but that's a whole other story. Um, and Ben Schwartz. Although, I, I will point out this. When his droid, and we're jumping ahead a bit, people, but yeah, there's not really much you can say about these first two episodes. But when when his droid got run over... Kyle, for some reason, I was thinking about Ugly Sonic. Well, there's something like that, too. But you know what? I, I, I got to say this before we even go any further. David. Sure, sure, sure. 
one episode of the Bad Batch gave us more racing than two entire seasons of a Star Wars show that was supposed to be based off of racing. Thank you. I I knew I oh, I didn't want to say it because I knew you would bring it up. You who were the most miffed when Star Wars Resistance was on the air or on the streaming. You can't remember. I'm not going to say I was miffed. I was just disappointed because we I mean, the, the, this rehash. The animation was all over the place. The story quality was all over the place. And right. it was supposed to be a focus of racing as a subterfuge for his spy work. Yet, uh, well, I think maybe... Well, it, was, it was essentially seasons. selling, well, I believe your phrase was a full spec goods. Yeah. And, um, yeah, uh, there was more racing in this entire episode than I think the entire, at least the entire first season of Resistance. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um... Uh, uh, you know, and and I will point this out. Okay, for me to state my opinion with this episode, you kind of have to go back to the first three for a second. The uh, the first two episodes, for instance, and we talked about this last time, Kyle, is they felt like the promise of Bad Batch, the the Star Wars meets A Team. It felt like that. Whereas season one felt like, uh, you know, chasing uh, the tail of the Clone Wars. We'll get to that later on. But the first two felt more like that Star Wars A-Team thing, you know, that that we really didn't get from season one because we had a hard enough time telling what they were doing. Is that, yeah. is that fair? I, I think that's fair. Um See here. Here's okay. So here's my thing. Well, let's focus on faster here in this episode. Okay. I like the concept here because this, this makes sense. You're still the Bad Batch is still dealing with the underworld aspect of the Star Wars universe. It is. Everything we yeah, see. It is. Yeah. So so that part of it makes sense. Mm-hmm. The problem with this is is that one, you don't even have the full Bad Batch crew in this episode, which you you basically got record. Omega and Tech, which okay, whatever you need, you can't. They all maybe you try to have some mix it up so some guys, some of the characters get more of a spotlight. You got the but, nerd and the muscle of the group. Yeah, but here's here's I mean here's the thing is that what was the point of this episode to say oh you can't trust Sid? There's more to Sid than meets the eye. It, this is you don't go to filler episode an episode for your season. I'm sorry. No, no. you don't. But going back to my original point, Kyle, if the first two episodes were that, the Star Wars meets A-Team quality that we didn't mm-hmm. get from the majority of season one, or at least I didn't get that, episode three felt exactly like, I mean, hell, I'll just say it. Episode three felt more Band of Brothers than a majority of Clone Wars did. Well, I, like I said, the Bad Batch... I, I, here's a couple of things I will say, no matter what we say about the actual episodes of the Bad Batch. Mm-hmm. The characters are intriguing. The Bad Batch yes, episodes are. are very intriguing. Yes, they are. They deserve a better Animation. written show in most cases, but yes, they are. Um, the animation in Season 2 has been drop-dead gorgeous. I agree. The animation... Even in season one, I will say, and I said this uh, last time, right? The animation mm-hmm. 
is leaps and bounds over what I thought they were doing with Star Wars animation quality going from, you know, George to Disney. Yeah. So I, I think I think those two things are fair. Mm-hmm. The pro here 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 is the problem with Bad Batch. And I, I think I I truly believe this after these last round of episodes. Alright. I understand you're still trying to write for kids as well with Bad Batch. I get that. I understand that. It's not mm-hmm. a visions, it's not it's not and or it's not anything like that. But these care this show should have, in my opinion, a little bit more of an edge to it than what it has considering the time frame we're dealing with and the type of characters we're dealing with. Oh, oh absolutely. <laughs> I mean, and it just it's it's just I think that's the most frustrating thing. And I I even talked about this in the last episode, David, is that I really wish this season of Bad Batch would have come out before Andor. Oh yeah, I agree. And you know excuse me. <clears throat> um it's interesting Kyle, that you bring up um, the you know, tone, right? Because, like I said, where episode three was more Band of Brothers than the majority of Clone Wars was, and that was Filoni and George, right? Uh, yep. Well, George for the most part, but more Dave, realistically. Um, but uh, had this underworld... Uh, racing speed racer or whatever you know diversion episode had it stayed with the kind of tone we had in episode three i probably wouldn't be so sour on it as i am right now see here's my thing i'm not so much sour on it because you gotta have for this kind of show you have to have these kind of episodes and i'm fine with that oh yeah absolutely yeah but I think in the in this aspect of the aspect of we're only going into what is basically the fourth episode of the series when we know we're getting 16. This episode mm-hmm. could have been a this is the kind of episode that would have been a great. OK, we've just gotten through something real heavy and some action and, and move. And so I, I can see this. Epi- Honestly, I can see this episode airing after episode six. In are, you, are you saying they put it in the wrong place? I'm thinking to put it in the wrong place because this this feels like a palate cleansing episode. Yeah, you're and probably you, right. When you have this episode followed by what is the content of the next episode, it just feels like okay, we had we just had two episodes of time filler. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, it it feels like I agree with you on the um, the uh, filler, and it could have been a palate cleanser sort of thing. Because isn't that isn't that largely what Rebels did? Yeah, you would you would have some really two or three really intense episodes, then you'd have something a little lighter fare. Well, but by well, that, now, by that now point, hold on, were... hold on. If I'm remembering correct, you had your intense stuff later on. You had your uh, kind of light and fluffy in the first round of episodes. Well, yes, but they still. I mean, you think about it. Rebels still started off some heavier, stronger episodes. You didn't get to those kind of fluffier episodes until like the fifth or sixth episode. For the most part, yeah. And I just don't think we were at the point with Clone, with Bad Batch to have this kind of episode yet. You could have, you could have flipped a few things around in these next three episodes and it, it, I think it would have worked worked a little better. I, th- I think I think there was just an out of order here 
that if you change an order, it might work a little better. Yeah, that that is true. That is fair. Because because with Faster, I mean, there, there, there's some interesting plot lines, what's going on with Sid. Um, obviously, Ernie Hudson's voice character is going to be interesting if he, if he pops up again. But, you know, we've done the racing thing how many times now in Star Wars? So it, it, no. it's become to the point where because it's it's becoming to the point where it's just something they keep coming back to. Let's go True. back to that well. I, f- I felt like it was 1999 again, really. Yeah, I was I was like I was expecting it to be pod racing initially. Right. What did they when call they it? Riot back. racing. Yeah, riot racing because there's a little bit more I, openly I violent little, stuff. Going. A little bit more Blade Runner, Rollerball, Alita, um, violent feel to it. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit, but I mean, again, I mean, just, again, a violent feel to it in the confines of a kids show. Yeah, I like I said, this episode was a fun one for the kids, and you got to have those ones in there. Mm-hmm. But I guess, I guess, ultimately, too, if I were to grade it on its own, it's not a bad episode. It's not a great episode, but it it, it serves the purpose for what the series is, and I, right. and I get that. Understand that I just wasn't. I'm just like we could have had this episode a little bit later, especially David. And let's let's talk about this. We we moved to episode five, Entombed. Well, now wait a minute. Basically... Wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. Okay. We're not done. I felt like okay. the episode was a um, not necessarily moving the needle with uh, the with Bad Batch as a show because. The you know the third episode did that and then this kind of stalled that moving the needle. This was more giving some character development to Tech, almost in a way to to speak against the um, the the memes that would um, you know the memes where it had like the yeah. child being saved from drowning and at the bottom of the meme there was like you know a child and and it just said Tech. Yeah, right. No, I, I get, I get, I get that aspect. But... And I'm sorry, I'm sorry. If if I'm just gonna say something controversial that fans aren't gonna like, but you know what? I really don't care anymore. I just gotta say it anyway. If Star Wars is responding to a meme and calling that character development, that's bad. Yeah, no, I, I I agree, but I don't know if it's if it's that because I mean these have been these have been filmed for a while, but well, you know I understand here, I, that, but it felt like that. Yeah, well, yeah, no, I I get that, but that's not I can't put that on the I can put put that aspect of it on the writers. Well, I just they, have they to get that out there the anyway because yeah, no, I, I get where you're coming me. from. Yep. So, but. One of the thing, one of the things, the reason why I was trying to get to episode f- five here too, David, was just in the aspect of this having going from um, rad race, rad racer. This is pod racing to um, bad batch tomb raider. Oh Jesus Christ! Uh, you know, I, okay, I'm just gonna say this before, because I, you and I both know the internet can say this. All at once doesn't mean it's going to happen. And after this, it shouldn't happen. Do not give me an Indiana Jones series if this is what you're going to do. 
Well, I mean, th- th- this is the thing with this episode. This this is where you needed to flip this episode and the sixth episode places, or the third episode, the fourth episode and the sixth episode. So you did not have these two episodes back to back, or just do away with it entirely. The the one character Sid is bad enough. Who is this other character? Like, yeah, I, I, the interest her, you you got introduced to her in the in the um, season premiere, but yeah, this, this is right. You know, all this character, all this character. You know what this character feels like to me is this is like, oh, this is a character that's going to distract Omega. You know, they're playing up this treasure hunter thing. And right, right, all, all, right. All of this. I just, I look back at it again and I look at it. What was the point of this episode? Well, I'm sorry. I'll go back to uh, season one. And here's what I said when you brought in Sid. And you know how Echo was talking about, you know, we know a, it was a connection to the Clone Wars, right? Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, if you were going to do that, it should have been a connection to the Clone Wars, a legit connection to the Clone Wars, like Hondo Onaka, not Sid. And by the way, well, I... by the way, I cannot stand when Trendoshans talk English. Yeah, well, um, the, the other thing with, at least the thing with Sid is at least they've tried to develop that character a little bit, and they even did it in fast in the faster episode. But yeah, they here, tried, I mean, yeah. Here we have a character that, okay, we, we saw in the premiere and then we haven't seen again. And now she's basically the the Laura Croft of the, of the Bad Batch Star Wars universe. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and and, and they're, they're playing up this Omega treasure hunter thing that they, they played it up in the earlier episode with Dooku's castle. Yes, and in, now, a, very, and now in here. a very sort of Last Crusade kind of way. Yeah. And, I mean, it felt like I was playing a video game watching this episode right yeah it, it, it really did and again i'm not gonna knock having episodes like this in the series but they should not have been back to back no and these should not have been so soon after your phenomenal uh third episode either yeah exactly and now, so had these uh, been had these been later down the line like you know, uh, in in like episode eleven or twelve. Well, I could have even David. I could have even rolled with one of these two episodes being within the first six. I'm fine with that, but uh, it felt like. Just, I, I, but it still feels like that. Okay, this was a bit much. Why? Right. We, we we have so much we want to see and so much we want to do with Bad Batch, and this is what we get. Uh, this, uh, I think it's just. Again, you didn't need to have these two episodes back to back. I think you could have reworked these episodes a little bit and put one later on, in later on. But we'll see how that storyline plays out. But right, that's no, my I feeling. Agree with that. that, yeah. I mean, because the only thing, the only thing that stood out to me with uh, out of this episode was the the design of the mech they unleashed was actually really cool looking. Oh, oh, the whole sort of weird um, uh, mountain dinosaur kind thing. of thing. Yeah, yeah. I I thought that was very interesting, but I mean, there was really no character development in this. It was, it it, it was just kind of existing, and it, I don't see where anything got really got moved forward with this episode. Uh, 
it felt to me, especially with the the ancients thing, right? That's right, and that's where I'm really frustrated because well, they could have yeah, so, so wait, cool wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. It felt to me like some kind of uh, placeholder for something to use later. It's like, I'm sorry, Story Group or whatever we're calling it these days. Isn't didn't you have a whiteboard for that? Well, I, I mean, if they, if they pay it off later, we'll see. But I don't have faith in them to pay it off later. Well, not in not in this format. Yeah, but I mean, there was something could have done so many cool things with that idea, and they just they went um, okay. What's the most basic tropes we can use? Right. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm gonna say this. And I know there's been comments about its potential live-action future, but something like the Ancients, and even older than the Jedi, older than the uh, Republic, that sounds like a that sounds like a High Republic concept. Yeah, I know. I I agree. I agree. Yeah. It's just. It's just. It's frustrating. It's frustrating because this show could be so much more, and I think it will be down the line, but it could have been so much more now. Oh, I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would, I would say, you know, get the uh, Filoni, but he has far better things to do. Yeah, but and then it becomes even more frustrating, David, when we know what's coming in the next episode. Oh yes, yes, yes. Because and I'm not oh, okay. I know I'm not jumping right. I'm not jumping ahead. I'm just I'm just saying that we know what's happening. We know we're gonna talk about episode six here shortly, but mm-hmm. when you look at that compared to this episode and the lack of things that happen in this episode, the lack of story movement, the lack of character development in this episode, it's it's just again, it felt like okay, I'm popping in a video game and playing a video game for forty five right, minutes. Right. You know, I I think, Kyle, before we get into uh, episode six, we ought to um, revisit some of our thoughts on uh, the this um, uh, kind of Jedi Padawan younglings arc that, you know, Clone Wars was doing back in the day. So, oh, Dan, yeah, that's one of my favorite arcs. Yes, I know, I know. So, gang, here uh, we have a snippet of us talking about that. And then Kyle and I will be back to talk about, uh, well, where a certain character in a nice old jazz riff of characters. Uh, come on, where where are they now? Come on, I want to see it, damn it. I want to see it. But we'll talk about a certain character coming up. All right, so Kyle, as always, proceed. Well, we're going to call this next arc the Youngling arc. And I, you know what? This arc, actually, there's a lot of things I remember from Clone Wars that came from this arc that I I really enjoyed. And it's, it starts off with the very first episode of this arc, The Gathering. Season 5, Episode 6, He Who Faces Himself Finds Himself. Ahsoka escorts a group of younglings to Lum, where they will learn from Yoda and undergo a critical rite of passage, the construction of their lightsabers. They grapple with both physical and inner challenges as they face the dangerous task ahead of them. I love this episode because I love seeing the process of the younglings getting their kyber crystals. Oh, I love seeing that too, but 
I'm I'm just gonna say this right out of the gate. And I'm not sounding bitter. I love this episode. I love how the names of the younglings, by the way, sound like some jazz scatting. <laughs> sound like some jazz riffing. But anyway, uh, back to my original point. I was going to say that this felt less like Clone Wars, these four episodes, and it felt more like George saying, well, maybe we could do another show. Well, and I think that maybe they, maybe at the time they were doing this, maybe throwing that idea out there. But, you know, the thing well, was... But is, that's what I'm saying. That's what uh, it felt like, Kyle. It felt like a complete... Pardon the pun for a show that didn't happen, but it felt like a complete 180 detour into uh, what could have launched a different series. I'm like, no, finish this one. Well, uh, you know, I know I get that, but the thing was, is I, re I one, I liked all five of these younglings that they introduced. Oh yeah, no, don't get me wrong, I love these episodes. I just had to air out. Yeah, uh, no one particular gripe. But I loved all five of these young ones they introduced. I love the fact that one of them was a Wookiee. Uh, Gunji. Yes. And, you know, I just, like I said, the, seeing the trials they went through and the process they went through to get their kyber crystals, I think that was very enlightening and something all Star Wars fans really enjoyed seeing. Oh, yeah, because we, we've always been very curious about uh, Jedi training, about the Jedi trials. Um, cause in the movies, and this is not a, a bashing or anything, but in the movies, it's a, um, you know, very quick, it's something referred. Yeah. Um, you know, mainly because you, in a, in a movie, you have the constraints of, you know, two and a half or, or, you know, I guess if you're Marvel three, but, uh, you have those constraints of time. Right, and when you're doing a show, you can open it up to be a much you know broader uh, world in that sense. Um, <laughs> but no, I I thought it was I thought it was uh, cute to to see, and I love the fact uh, that and yes, this element came into canon later, but I love the fact that the crystals didn't bleed. Yeah, think, thankfully, no. Yeah, I I think that that drove us a little nuts. We're all like, we're all collectively going, what? Yeah, no, but like I said, that's what I enjoyed about this episode. And you know, what felt like was going to be a standalone episode turned into a four-episode arc. And I think it, it was a lot of fun. So let, let's continue on, because let's take a look at Clone Wars Season 5, Episode 7, A Test of Strength. The young are often overestimated. As the younglings return from Elam with Ahsoka, their ship comes under attack by Hondo's gang of pirates. The children must use ingenious and improvised traps to thwart the brigands. Now, David? Well, now, wait a minute. I gotta bring this up, too. Uh, before we go on with this episode, I gotta say with the last, I love the playful use of Yoda. Because it, oh, like, yeah. it feels like your Empire Strikes Back Yoda but also skinned with a what you would find in a video game once you finish a level. Yeah, no, I, 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 I could see that. But, you know, one of the things that I loved about this next episode of Test of Strength yeah. was when, when a particular voice actor making a guest appearance on the 
on the Clone Wars, and of course he we probably know him better as the Doctor, but when David Tennant yeah, joining the yeah. voice cast of the Clone Wars as uh, Doctor Hugh Lane, I believe. Um, no, I don't think so. Wasn't he that droid? Oh, Hugh Lang. Okay, yeah. yeah I thought you said Doctor before that, so yeah. it kind of threw me. But no, the, the the man who is responsible for category, cataloging and knowing the build of every Jedi lightsaber. Yeah, yeah. And I love that sequence because I, I feel like this is where uh, Dave kind of picked the influence of, well, from his wife a little bit because... This felt like Harry Potter, you know, when he's uh, kind of going through with his mechanical droid arms going, where, where did I leave that? Yeah, he, very. you know, I was thinking the same thing. This is very, felt had the very, I mean, obviously this was a little bit before Harry Potter, but had that feeling of the Harry Potter getting his wand aspect to it. Yeah, okay, so it was a little bit before. Again, we're, we're trying to remember, what, uh, seven or eight years ago? No, I think I'll leave it a little longer than that now. But yeah, it might have been Somewhere about the up. same time. So, but yeah, you know, the books were probably up. had it already been out. So that probably helped inspire that. But you Just know, and of course, then we get Hondo being Hondo. Um, and you know, the nice thing about this was that I do think, in a way, it was it was a re- good reason for Hondo to want to go after these Kyber crystals for the value of it. But you know, I, then again, it's it's one it's interesting in the aspect of. Hondo playing, but really, this is kind of Hondo playing both sides before he really got a little bit more clear cut with it with Rebels. Yeah, and it's uh, to me that's one of the things, like especially an episode like this, it's so interesting to see how much how Hondo was like before Rebels because I, again, I just think there's a lot of people when they, when they think of Hondo anymore, they they go to how he was portrayed in Rebels more than he was in Clone Wars. Funny, I stay with how he's portrayed in Clone Wars uh, instead of how he's portrayed in Rebels. Well, I think a lot of I think people who were stick through Clone Wars, a lot of them and, prepare, and, and prefer be, that. Before Rebels fans come at me, uh, it has to do with uh, the fact that the animation was so drastically different. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and that's now, something in season five. We the anim- This is where this is probably until we got to the season seven. But th- I, to me, season five is the peak of Clone Wars animation. Yeah, but you see what I mean about the differences with the Rebels animation versus this. Oh yeah, had we kept the same animation all the way through, uh, I would have been like, oh, it's just you know the same Hondo. But having this animation of Hondo, and then the Rebels animation of Hondo, which is drastically different, uh, you're like, man, Hondo, the the war really malnourished you. Well, you know, again, like you said, boils down to animation styles. But, I mean, th- this is a pretty hardcore episode, too, because the pirates aren't playing games with these kids. No, they're not, which, which kind of, and maybe uh, as I get older, it's that, instinct you think about unfortunately i don't have kids but you get that instinct anyway you're like hundo they're just kids yeah well and we they kind of address that in this story arc but you know we we have pirates getting sucked out into space and that every, was, everything that like was that cool all right that was cool i will admit that but 
you know, and then of course it ends with uh, yes, they escape, but Ahsoka is captured by Hondo because of a a bit of a freak accident. So yeah, and uh, I will say this is where uh, okay, if the first two episodes were pretty solid, despite my little. Uh, uh, gripe that it felt like such a, a detour as far as what we were doing with the season. And by that, I mean, we, we were so building to episode three, obviously, because that's where it's going. Hence, we were talking uh, paint by numbers for the last story arc, uh, that this just felt like a complete 180, like, well, how, why, how, we... We know where this ends up. Uh, what? How does this fit in? Uh, so, but the next episode uh, is where things tend to get a little strange. Well, I think it was fun. So let's talk about that. So, yeah. Bound for Rescue is the episode here. We're talking season five, episode eight. When we rescue others, we rescue ourselves. With Ahsoka captured by Hondo's pirates, the younglings work together to infiltrate the pirates' den using their wits and courage to deceive Hondo Onaka and launch a daring rescue. Mm-hmm. Now, um, you know, I, I had fun with this episode. This is a fun episode, and I liked how they use the younglings, especially when they get kind of involved with this traveling circus. Oh yeah, and, yeah. And the fun they the fun they had with this, and obviously, you know. It's it's just it's it's one of those little bit of fun episodes of Clone Wars. You're having some fun with Hondo, you're having some fun with these younglings, but you still got a little bit of the seriousness going on as well. Yeah, you did, but uh, again, this is where the art tended to get a little weird and disjointed for me anyway, because I still am a little hung up on the okay. We know where the season is going. Because our endpoint being episode three, obviously. Um, so it was okay. It was almost like two halves of my brain were really confused with this. On the one side, Kyle, you had um, uh, one half of my brain saying, okay, we know where this is going. Why are we on this way to get it? Why are we taking this route? We're supposed to be going over here. And on the other side, I'm just trying to enjoy it like, you know, the rest of the series. Yeah, I, I, I can see that. But I think I think considering what we does, have does coming make, up. Does that make sense, though? Yeah, but I think considering what they have coming up and knowing what's coming up, they have a little bit of lightheartedness and have a little fun is a good thing for Clone Wars. No, yeah, no, yeah, I agree, definitely. Especially with uh, a certain... Well, we'll get to it when we get to it, but especially with an arc that left a lot of people going, what's next? <sighs> yeah. Well, let's finish out this arc before we start talking about the next arc. Yeah. So we're in Season 5, Episode 9, A Necessary Bond. Choose your enemies wisely as they may be, the, be your last hope. When General Grievous launches a full-scale attack on the pirate base on Florm, Ahsoka and Younglings fight side-by-side side with Hondo and his pirates to turn back the Separatist forces. Now, this is pretty much an all-out battle episode, but there's a lot of fun little Easter eggs and a lot of fun things. And one of the things I love is we get to, we notice the change in Hondo because he has a line, well, today I like children, and they shouldn't go into battle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Hondo does tend to... um 
Oh, here's a word we've heard way too often. Flip flop. Oh yes, very much so. But this is this is a great episode with a lot of fun battle things between the pirates and the younglings and Ahsoka versus Grievous and his armies. Oh, but yeah. I think if that last episode left me disjointed and confused, like, okay, this is fun, but why? This episode, and I'll use a phrase you use, a very paint-by-numbers, but it, it it was just sort of a lot of um, fun in it as yeah. far as Star Wars action goes. Well, and let's not forget the thing I think a lot of Star Wars fans were talking about was when they go to Hondo's vault looking for a ship, and the ship they take looks awful familiar, Mr. Senden. Yeah, it does. It does. Uh, I think a certain bounty hunter commandeers that ship at some point. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, uh... A little slave one for you? No, no, it's it's just, it's one of those things where I'm giving the reality of where we are now at Clone Wars, going back and seeing something like this just reminds you of what we didn't get to see and probably won't. Mm, yeah, I'm, but still, I, I found it enjoyable, especially at the time before no, we no, knew no. what was... No, I know, but... but... Not being able to divorce that from the from the part of your brain that knows that knows what's going on right now. Uh, as fun as this was, and it still is when you see it. I mean, come on, there are certain ships that, like the Falcon, when you see it, you just get giddy. Whether it's big screen or small screen, I don't I don't care. You see that piece of junk, you're like, oh, that'll do. Yeah, I I, I agree, but. You know, again, this was just a fun, intense episode. Um, I love the ending when Hondo is basically trying to get a... He's talking about sending Kenobi the bill for all of his expenses. And, and just, yeah, it's typical and, and, great you know, Hondo in this episode. You know, Jim Cummings is just delightful. Yes, absolutely. He's absolutely delightful. <laughs> all right, so Kyle... Lo and behold... So... Okay, I'm just going to say this. Everyone goes on and on about somehow Palpatine returns, right? <laughs> yep. Somehow I feel like that the reverse of that meme, where somehow Jedis keep returning. Well, I mean, I think it's realistic that, you, you know, know, it's a big I, and, universe. And I... let me add the context to that. In this time frame, because the more Jedi you add in this time frame the more you wonder why Yoda was lying to Luke as much as Ben, right? And you start to dilute Luke's specialness. Well, there's that, but I also think that it's realistic to think that more, more Jedi had to survive. The entire Jedi couldn't have been wiped out, but, you know, you think oh, about no, it. Oh, no, I never bought that for one second. Yeah, and you think about it, the ones that are popping up, aren't necessarily full Jedi. Kanan was never a full Jedi. He never did the trials. Right. Um, our, our special guest in this episode, he wasn't a full Jedi. Right. Ezra isn't a full Jedi. Ahsoka technically isn't a Jedi. Okay, all right, fair, fair. But so I'm, talking, all I'm, all I'm, saying. I'm talking the more characters you add, the more like... 
the more you're left go scratching your head going, did oh. Yoda just straight up lie to Luke? No, I don't think Yoda lied to Luke. But what I think, what I think is, is that they found the technical loophole and they're really, really exploiting it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and you know what, Kyle, to the list you laid out, the only one I care for is Ahsoka. Well, I like Kanan. Kanan had his moments. But I mean, I mean, but but, but basically, what what I'm saying is, is yes, you have all these quote unquote force users popping up, but none of them are technically Jedi. Right. And, no, I agree. You, I agree. You know, it, it's just something that was, you know, irritating me, and not like the first two episodes we talked about, where those just felt like, okay, Bad Batch was on a high for three episodes, and then took a vacation for two weeks in a very sort of Speed Racer, Indiana Clones, and the whatever, whatever, whatever. Uh, um, yeah, and here you've got a turnaround, and this was, I mean, come on, we're talking about one of the, when, when, this, when the trailer for Bad Batch Season 2 came out, hmm. moments in this episode were some of the most talked about moments from that trailer. Oh, uh, Gunji, yeah. Yeah, with the return of Gunji, and because everybody loved those Padawans. Yeah. What What were the other those, ones? It was like, uh, Zats. What What was it? Yeah, I can't. I can't think. I can't think of them off the top of my head. But yeah, I mean, they were pretty popular characters. Right. It was like it was like some jazz riffy name for all of them. Yeah. They, they They They. I mean, they all pop back up for other stories later on in Clone Wars. So. Mm, yeah. I think I think it's only right that they pop. Pop back up again here at least one of them, and I wouldn't be surprised if before Bad Batch is done, maybe we see at least one more of them pop up. It'd be it. it wouldn't shock me at all, but... No, it wouldn't you know, shock me. I'm I'm going to just say, you know, instead of that, I think uh, I think if we see Gunji again, I think Gunji or one of the other, you know, four, right, are going to uh -huh. show up in a skeleton group. Yeah, it's possible. It's yeah. possible, but um, what I find, what I, the other thing I find interesting here, I and mean, it's something I actually am really liking, the fact that Star Wars is giving this a little bit more attention is the Transocean um, Wookiee ask. Um, oh, you mean like that, like that arc with, with the Soga did? Well, that and also when um, which, was which was basically Clone Wars playing Predator. Let's be honest. Yeah, but but I mean also to the aspect of like what they did with Black Chrysanthemum and Book of Boba Fett mm -hmm. with Transdotions there. There, I just I, I think this is a this is an interesting. I've always found this to be an interesting aspect of Star Wars because these are two races that just despise each other. Right. Well, they did in the books. Well, they did in the books, but I mean, okay, let, let's, let's stop and say how much of those books that got thrown out into the cannon bath. Well, um, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I, and I only say that because if you if you go to say, and I'll bring this up as an example only, if you go to say Mandalorian, especially mm -hmm. the. You know, Luke making everyone uh, realize how much they sucked at Dark Forces 2 moment, right? Yeah. 
I'm sorry. I, I There isn't a, a doubt in my mind where I'm like, I don't think that is the is the Luke George Lucas was ever interested in giving you. Yeah, well, I think I think there's a lot of things that we've seen that George probably would have never given us. Well, yeah, and uh, you know, if you go by the art books and the and the the things they were following from him, yeah, George definitely. You put two and two together, right? George definitely yep. wasn't interested in that Luke Skywalker. Nope, nope. But I so mean, that's the pretty thing, clear he... at this point. Yeah. I mean, this episode itself was very well done. I, I love seeing Angie again. I love the trans. The, anytime you can get Wookiees and Transdotions going head to head is great. Oh yeah, she- I love I love seeing Gunji. I'm not too thrilled about uh, seeing uh, Wookiees in animation though, because yeah, they they come across they don't come across well and no, the they don't. Or... They still look like Gumby. But the one thing I will say, too, is that I thought they played up this angle very well was uh, Genji having a very hard time trusting the members of the Bad Batch. Yep, yep. At least yep. In, in the early on. It really took Omega to be kind of the peacemaker between the two. Mm-hmm. The two. Yep. And I think I think that was actually very realistic. Um, you know, I, I, think, I think I would like to see the Bad Batch encounter a couple more Jedi along in their in their journey because I'd like to see their reactions more to it. And that, you know, I honestly thought, I honestly thought that they were going to have it or Gunji. Maybe they've got him to Captain Rex or something like that. Well, you know, it's funny you say you want to see more Jedi because I, I, I necessarily don't. And, and here's well, why. No, I'm not, let me, let me put here's it. why. Yeah. Here's why. Though. Go ahead. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. Um, By doing that, you're not being your own show. You're not daring to be apart from Clone Wars because honestly, this episode was was a was the greatest episode of Clone Wars not done, but it was in no way a bad batch episode. Okay, so so here's my feeling. I think it was a it was a Clone Wars time, but. It, I think it was a Bad Batch episode, and here's why, and hear me out. Okay. Because I think you, at the time frame you're in, you're still at the aspect where they are hunting the Jedi. Yeah, you are, yeah. And you're hunting Force users. Right. So for the Bad Batch to come across situations like this, I don't think that's an unrealistic thing. Obviously, the stretch is maybe, oh my gosh, it's this character we've attached before. But that was done because those characters were so beloved. Right, right, right. Now, if that were the the case, though, they'd have Ahsoka come in. Because as far as Gunji and loved, I'm sorry, I'm not using that phrase. Well, let me put it this way. A fan favorite character, as far as, let's be honest, those kids were very popular. There, there were a lot of people. Those episodes were a lot of people's favorite episodes of Clone Wars. For that one arc, sure. Yeah. So all, all I'm saying is, is it makes sense to have one of those characters pop up under the circumstances. Right. And like I said, I think I'm not saying the Bad Batch need to run into a Jedi every episode. I think that would be a horrible idea. But yeah, no, that to would. have something like this. That, that really find, would. Find yeah. Or to, somewhere down the line in this season, coming across another Jedi who's maybe already been captured by. The, 
by the Empire and they rescue him or something like that. I could right. see that. that. That fits in the natural flow of the story, especially considering the Bad Batch is feeling towards the Empire. Mm-hmm. I don't need Jedi of the Week in the Bad Batch. That's not, no. that's not why I watch this show. No, I don't need it either. That's why I, have, that's why I don't necessarily want Ahsoka in this, uh, mainly I because, so. look, you could give Ashley more to, to voice in the animation realm. Fine, I get that. I don't necessarily want it because I want that character to move forward in in her new ventures. And those new ventures are away from the Exton days, away from the animated days. I don't want a step back with Ahsoka. And I fear that they're too tempted to, to you know, go against that. I, I don't, I, at this point, I don't think so. And I think, I think here's why, because they, they want it to be Rosario's character going forward. And they, they realize the baton has been kind of passed here. Well, but you see why yes, I bring up my concern then. Yeah. But all, all I'm saying is, is I don't think you see any Ahsoka in an animated form until at least after the Ahsoka live action season. Or ever, for that matter, because I kind of want to see, uh, you know, Ahsoka get a big screen treatment as well. Because, you know, and I mentioned this a few uh, episodes ago, but one of my, it was either here or on a different show, who knows. But one of my, you know, one of my reservations and sticking points with the Ahsoka series is, I'm sorry, it deserves better than the treatment it's getting. That should be a big screen event. Because more than the people who have stuck with that character since 2008, whether it's the ones that pissed about her or loved her along the way. That character deserves far better than a streaming service that I can guarantee you not everybody is paying for. I can guarantee you some people are jumping ship. Yeah, well, you know that that, that that's that's a whole other conversation. But I, I understand. Mean... I understand that, but you can understand my 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 worries, though, right? I I I am. I, I can say this. I am very much not worried about the Ahsoka series because I think it, Dave's not going to let it get fucked up. Excuse no, my language, but no, that's... he's not. He's not. So I tr- I trust in Filoni, and I, I I know he will protect he will protect Ahsoka with everything. I mean, if you, if you're going to use that kind of salty language to describe one thing, I'm just going to yeah. say, you know, the biggest thing is world between worlds because that could go one of two ways in live action. But we'll talk about that later this year. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll see what happens. A lot to play out, but yeah. As far as I'm concerned, for the, for this particular episode, this was the best of these three episodes of Bad Batch, and it's not even close. It was, yeah. And it, it I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed getting back to the Wookies. I enjoyed getting back to uh, seeing Gunji, and I enjoyed the interactions between Gunji and the and the Bad Batch, and seeing the Bad Batch. The, to me, this is the kind of episode too that is something it's leads to what the Bad Batch, I think, is trying to accomplish this season, which is incorporating the Bad Batch in more into the fight against the Empire. Absolutely. I mean, I, I would totally agree with that, because as much as the as 
four and five felt like a huge step back, especially from uh, the phenomenal use of episode three. Episode six felt more like, um, you know, episodes one and two. That uh, that Star Wars A team quality. Yeah, I, I think with episodes four and five, it, it wasn't even a step back. It was just a step in stagnancy. They just it was we were we stayed static with those two episodes. They didn't move anything forward. They didn't really accomplish much. They just existed. Yeah, and, and with Star episodes, Wars, Star Wars shouldn't just exist. Oh, I can have understand having some slower episodes that maybe not moving the meat a lot. As much, well, but still have. I can, I can people. too. Just but when they're this early in the season, and their season yeah, well, is there's... sixteen episodes. By the way, a season number that I really, really wish Mandalorian would do. Not this. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I I'm just I... gonna say, I'm just gonna say, sixteen episodes. I would prefer with something like Mandalorian, not this. Yeah. So. Yeah, well, but I I, th I think here with the Bad Batch, now that we've hit episode six, so we know we got ten episodes left. Oh, is it ten? I am. Yeah, I because it's sixteen episode series, so we've got okay. we've been through the first. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. I've got to expect that we are going to start seeing the episodes and the what's involved in the episodes start really picking up here, maybe as soon as this week's episode. I would hope so. Yeah. So, I, like I said, this was I, th I was happy with this episode. The other two episodes were basically, for me, just kind of there. I kept things kind of stagnant. Um, yeah. Dropped a couple no, little I kernels can, here and there. I can agree with that, yeah. And faster, but, you know, th this is this is the frustration with the Bad Batch for me, personally. Is mm -hmm. when it's good and it's on, it's really good. But when it's off, and even just by a little bit, it feels like the show just drops to a whole nother level. And it's it's not a good it's not a good level. It's 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 like we know what the show can be when it's on point, but when it's off point, it's really off point. Now now let me ask you something, uh, if I may. Yeah. Uh, do you think that's a product of uh, of Sans Dave? Because I don't think he's as involved as people think. I think it's a product of I'm going to, and I, I hate I hate saying this. Mm -hmm. I think it's a product of the fact that right now Lucasfilm isn't quite sure of the directions it's going. Hmm. You mean I don't, just in I, just in animation or the overall like we've discussed? I, I think it's the overall. I really think that there's. I think there's ideas and hopes for a plan, but there's really not a set plan for Lucasfilm right now. And I think they're, I think it's showing in what they're making right now. I think you saw, you, you saw, I'll be honest with you. I think you saw it in Kenobi. I think you saw it. You see it in Bad Batch. I think Andor was a totally different monster. I think Andor because of Tony Gilroy, and what they had planned with, what they've got planned for Andor, which he, which was a 24 episode plan. I think you got to look at that totally differently. But I look at I look at Obi Wan and I look at Bad Batch, and I just see shows that maybe didn't quite fully have it figured out what they wanted to do with it. 
<laughs> well, you know what, uh, Kyle, before I go into my take, let me just put out there, uh, because uh, we I know he's listening, I, we miss him, and let's be honest, if he were here, he'd, he'd probably counter everything we're saying, especially me. Matt, we still love the show, man, you know that. No, yeah, this isn't this isn't saying I hated the show. I'm just saying, I, I I just I just think you're seeing it with Lucasfilm a little bit of. No, I know you don't hate the show. You just probably verbally spar with me. Yeah, well, there's, there's, that's part of it, but I, I mean, because it's fun to verbally spar with you. But yeah, of course. Too, my, my, my 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 overall honest opinion is that Star Wars and Lucasfilm don't have a set direction right now. They have ideas. They may search things like Mandalore. They know what direction they want to take it in. I think, but I think I think Lucasfilm is kind of just like, okay, we're gonna we're putting in our foot the water over here and over here and over here. We're gonna see what what what, what which one's too warm, which one's too cold, which one's too hot. See and now, now let me add something to that, okay? Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't necessarily. This will sound very Hamill familiar. I fundamentally disagree with you. But uh, I only fundamentally disagree on the basis of I don't think it's the whole plan thing because I think people put too much emphasis on that anyway. Number one. Well, okay, and, so... num and now, hold on. Hold on, Kyle. And number two is that I think it's more... In essence, like if you go, um, you know, uh, Kenobi, you brought up as an example, that kind of thing. I mm -hmm. think that is less of a, a focused plan and more of, you know, uh, Disney having sharply pivot Lucasfilm in a streaming direction. Um, I think that's part of it. I think it's still the Chapik, a little bit of the Chapik effect. Well, going on but that's there. what I mean. That that is the pivot in a streaming direction, and let's also right. keep in right. mind that pivot kind of started, although it didn't go full bore. It started with the return of your boy Bob Iger. So technically, both Bobs are full here on the issue. Yeah, but I, I think I think in the, in this case, and and hear me out. Mm -hmm. I think it's a little bit more of JPEG than it is of Iger, because I think JPEG was the one who really initialized, oh, everything must be streaming, everything must be streaming. JPEG stepped on the gas and uh, went, ironically, yeah. faster. Yeah, so my point, my, my, my overall point is this, is that I really feel like with Lucasfilm right now, mm -hmm. because of the change, going back to Iger, and they're trying to kind of sort it all out and figure out I think you got a feeling at Lucasfilm that they don't want to step on each other's toes per se and until we can kind of sort out what are the directions we're going in in both streaming and it getting back into theaters well most I don't back think they, into theaters yes right but I I, I think that the if, David if we're being honest with ourselves okay Lucasfilm has no idea yet what their strategy is to get back into theaters. I think they're developing it. Don't get me wrong. Don't don't take that as I think they're rudderless and no clue. I think they're just still developing it and it's not there yet. And now we're starting to see the effects of 
okay, now we're kind of caught in this loop. We had all this stuff planned for streaming, but what's next? And, you know, and they haven't figured out what can we do as a movie. And that, I think that's that's their biggest thing is they can't figure out what direction they want to go as a movie, which I think does affect how things are with the streaming because they're like, well, can we go there with a streaming show or are we on hold while they figure out what the hell is going on in the movie? Right. right. No, I, I agree. I, I'm not... I'm not disagreeing with that. It doesn't exactly feel the, the um, uh, like a rudderless thing. It feels more like you're stuck in the in, like the pivot I was talking about. Now you're pivoting in the reverse order because you're going back to, uh, uh, Bob. Let's call him Bob Prime, not Bob Stink. Uh, <laughs> by pivoting back to Bob Prime. You're sort of, uh, you know, in that in that holding pattern again. Yeah, exactly. And so that that I, I, that's the thing I think, you know, and I think I think Star Wars, as far as a Disney property, mm-hmm. was really the one that um, got stuck by this more than any anything else because with with. With you look at Pixar, Pixar kind of does its own thing independent. You you look at Marvel, but whether you will like it or not, they have a direction, and they're not going to mess with Kevin Feige too much, other than maybe pulling off pu- pulling the, the the emergency break just a little bit because I think even Kevin Feige was doing that because Chapek was just like you said, he had the gas pedal on, off all the way forward to the ground for, for certain reasons. Right. Yeah. I, so. I think. I think everybody's learned that. Okay, we need to um, pull it back just a little. To bit, be so. to be honest with you, I'm surprised um, Feige didn't body slam that little prick. Well, I think I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if it didn't happen behind the scenes. But just <laughs> he went all like WWE on him. Yeah. So, yeah. Exactly. Slammed him on the table. Yep. <laughs> uh, these are the fun things we think about off air. But I mean, I think you, and I think, but like I said, you look at the Bad Batch, and I think it's, re, I think it's reflective of the, the same problem with, I think across, like I said, the Star Wars universe right now is a little bit of indecision and a little bit of direction, but not direction. Like we have a general idea, but we don't have that fine, we haven't fine tuned down that. No, that I, I would have to agree. Yeah, which is shocking for me. I know. But I mean, but I think it. I mean, again, it's reflected. It's reflective in the inconsistency of Star Wars. So you get even like, with Bad Batch, you have good episodes. It's kind of been up and down. I think Kenobi was kind of the same way. I think I think Andor is the exception because Andor was a guy who went in and knew exactly what he was going to do. Nobody was going to tell him different, and he just went all in with his idea. And guess what? He had a plan. He stuck with it, and nobody tried to mess with him once he got started. Right. Yeah. You know, Tony. As much as I don't want Tony to stick around, and I was talking about that when we were covering Andor, uh, Tony really, I think it's evident he really didn't give a shit. No, he didn't. He he was there to tell his story, and he's he's done that and is doing that. And I think right, yeah. uh, can I, uh, Star Wars needs more of that, truthfully. Well... Uh, yeah, yes and no, but that's a discussion for another time. Yeah, oh, I know, I know. I just, I just giving you, giving my opinion while we while we're we're on the subject. But no, I, I think that I, I, I think know, that I know, I know. 
Bad, Bad Batch would benefit from something like that. Uh, I'm just going to say, and, and look, like I was saying earlier, and I put this out there so he didn't lose his mind listening. Matt, we love the show, okay? We want it to be better. That's why we're here, right? That's why we started things with you back in the days of Rebels. We want Star Wars to be better. So, we, you know, that's that's not up for debate here. I think, Kyle, you and I can agree to that. Yeah. But, I, I, I... but I will just say, after Bad Batch, I kind of want animation to rest in the realm of visions only. I would, I would, I would like to see that happen. I'd like to see them expand what they do with visions. I'd like to actually revisit some of the stuff from the first season of visions. But I'm right. curious to see what they're going to do in season two of visions, which I know is coming, coming later on. But oh, I'm I, very curious to see what the hell the creators of Wallace and Gromit do with Star Wars. I'm yeah, like, yeah. what? That's going to be fun. Um, I think right now, I think though, when Bad Batch is done, I do think that it is time for a little break from that section of the Star Wars universe. Uh, are you talking, are you referring to the animated space or just that shoehorn between, uh, you know, Sith and Hope? I think more the animated space because we still have another season of Andor, which is in that same time frame. Right. I think there's other stories you can tell within that time frame. Yeah. The, the, the problem is is with the with like Bad Batch and things like that, you still have the Clone Wars connections and the Clone Wars feels. And... Right, right. And I'm glad you brought that up because I'd rather have not the animated stuff chase Clone Wars' tail. You and I both know the live-action Soka show is going to do plenty of that. Right. I think, I think the live-action Ahsoka show will probably end up closing the chapter on the Filoni verse as far as the Clone Wars go. I think he's gonna it's gonna answer a lot of the final questions we never got answered. Well, I would I would say more uh, the the Mandoverse because it's gonna be it's gonna have your your Rebels characters pair, but let's <laughs> be honest. This what was probably going to be a second animated run of Star Wars Rebels, right? Yeah, being turned that, into the live-action Ahsoka. Yeah, I think got retooled, reworked into the live-action Ahsoka, but it's a part of this Mandoverse, which is Mandalorian, Ahsoka, Book of Boba Fett, and Skeleton Crew. Yeah, no, I I, I, I agree with you. It's, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out all. All the yeah. way around. And let's but, be honest, whatever else show they end up doing. Yep. Exactly. Uh, I'm going to just double down and say, and we'll talk about this at some other point on the regular show, but I think that other uh, spinoff John and Dave are supposedly working on. Uh, now, Mandalorian could, could end season three as Mandalorian. And four become Mandalorians, right? Mm -hmm. I think though that that other spin-off show, right, in development, <laughs> is Star Wars Mandalorians, and that's you know begins your final chapter of this uh, 
As much as I hate using that internet phrase, this Mandoverse. Well, we'll see. Um, I think I think I think it's a lot's going to play out over this next several months, six to eight months, and we're going to have a much better feel for where things are between Mandalorian and then when Ahsoka finally does come out. But right, yeah, you know, right now, Ahsoka's like what a summer release. Yeah, that's what it's looking like. And let's not forget, Bad Batch is going to be running simultaneously with Clone uh, with Mandalorian too. I know, I know. We're we're pretty much. Uh, what it? What is it? Uh, less than uh, less than, less than a month. three weeks or something. Yeah, not that far. It's gonna be here before we know it. So less than three weeks for Mando, or yep. tell Mando. Yep. Ah, interesting. How well, interesting I mean, that! How interesting yeah. that! That's the time frame we're going to be recording the next episode. Yeah. Well, well, y'all, well, let's also look at the fact that Pedro is gonna be. Babysitting two 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 um, strong-willed children at the same time. Yeah, and can I say Ellie? Ellie, t- I almost wish Grogu talked as much as Ellie. Oh, maybe we got to get Grogu a pun book. Oh God, Matt would lose his goddamn mind. <laughs> oh, maybe Ellie, maybe Ellie and Grogu can share at the at the dystopian library. There, there we go. So. But before before we get too too far uh, gone, Matt, I threw that in there for you, pal. Yep. Lure you back here. I threw that in just for you, man. Come on. <laughs> well, before we get too go- far gone, let's give our thoughts, final thoughts overall on these three episodes of the Bad Batch. Is it three episodes or one of the Bad Batch? O- overall, we got these three episodes. We got faster. We got yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's my overall thoughts, Kyle. Was it three episodes <laughs> or one? Well, okay, two two that just kind of existed and one that was entertaining. Uh, okay, uh, in all seriousness, before everybody throws their iPod at the wall, okay, the episodes were entertaining. Don't get me wrong, you know um, this sort of uh, you know Indiana the Clones and the uh, Raiders of the Lost whatever that was, right? Ironically, the title of this episode. But uh, these episodes were entertaining. I'll give you that. Now, episode six, that was a great entertaining episode of the Clone Wars Lost Missions. Because, Kyle, let's be honest. Didn't it feel more like you were watching an a extra added bonus episode to the Lost Missions as opposed to anything bad bats related yeah that's kind of when i that's a good way to put it yeah i mean because i i believe we saw story reels for that that wookie story arc uh a few years ago anyway that's very true yeah so um so i i would say this this batch no pun intended of the bad batch Mm, I'm not gonna say it was a bad, yeah, lukewarm. Yeah, lukewarm at best, with a tender sirloin dinner in episode six. This episode to me was a couple of happy meals followed followed up with a nice, a nice not high quality mid mid range steak with a good baked potato. 
You know what? I'm glad you went with the McDonald's analogy, but didn't pivot into calling episode six the McRib. No. No, I was no, no, I'm was, like, no. come on, Gunji deserves better respect than that. Oh, there was there was good meat on that bone. Right. Yeah. As opposed to McRib, where I'm like, wait, that's meat? <laughs> <laughs> it's McDonald's. They're not known for meat. Yeah, okay, before we get sued, let's get out of here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, all right, all right. Oh, well. All right, well, again, now we'll reach the end of this episode. Uh, we will be back in three weeks' time. Three weeks will be when you're listening to this on Delayed, but uh, we will then be reviewing, uh, what is it? We've got two coming up there, Kyle. And then I believe uh, one after that, because it's their it's their mid season finale, is it not? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. So in three weeks' time, we will be back doing that. And as far as a programming note, with um, you know, from Endor to Jakku of Mandalorian Aftermath, which will return with covering episodes of Mandalorian season three. I think the best course of action there is uh, covering two of the episodes, mainly um, a, a scheduling note, taking my uh, co-host into a great account here. But Kyle, I yeah. think that will work. Yeah, I think that'll work, though. I think we should probably try to hop on to at least talk, talk the season premiere on its own merit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, definitely the season premiere on its own but overall have it be like you know two as you play out so episode yeah, two well, and three I, I, will be I, like... I, I think i think the season premiere then two as they play out and then the season finale has its own thing as well so oh so you're saying bookend as its own thing yeah bookend as its own thing all right yeah that sounds like it'll work Yep. Uh, these these are adjustments we make to keep Kyle less moondoggy uh, cursed. Yeah, something something like that. I, I already don't know what day of the week it is, so. Ah, well, that's because the dog is setting in a little too damn early. I'm like, leave my boy alone. They said the dark side had cookies, though. Oh, it does. It does. Oh, okay. Don't you know from Linus's goofy little shirt and fanboys? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. So we know... Plus, Christian Bell, Christian Bell might be there, too, so that's... Oh, God. Oh, God. Well, in that case, I'll just end by saying, la-di-da, la-di-da. <laughs> All right, gang, so that'll end our episode. So for me and Kyle, I'll just end with this. Ha! We're all you need. You can buy your freedom. You can have a future. Isn't that what you're after? We're already free. Clearly, you're not paying attention to what's happening out there. It is time for a new era. Thanks for listening to Back to the Clones, Clones vs. Trooper, Empire Dawn. There are others out there who need our help. Covering the Star Wars Bad Batch Season 2. Streaming exclusively on Disney+. We'll take all the allies we can get.
Let's go. Let's get to work. All things Lucasfilm Star Wars is a subsidiary of the Walt Disney Company. This podcast is meant for informational purposes only, and no infringement is intended.